now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Hey there, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show, our week 16 edition for the regular season. That means it's Christmas weekend, Henry. Are you ready for that? Are you, you got all your shopping done? You ready for Christmas, man? Yeah, my wife helps keep me on top of all the <laughs> shopping. I, uh, I'm actually not a procrastinator. I'm, I'm, I was that kid in high school that like, got the paper done early because I would like stress too much if, it, if I was like coming up against the deadline. Good man. So yeah. I, I think my, my Christmas shopping methods are very similar. No, I, f- I feel you on, on my wife saving saving the day every every year. It's like, what did I get my dad for Christmas again? Oh, yeah, it's wrapped under the tree. My wife already picked it up and, uh, <laughs> and has it wrapped. So oh, it's totally that thing. Yeah, it's totally that thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I hope I hope everyone's uh, everyone has a great weekend. For those listening, maybe you have us potted up, you know, in your ear pods and you're shop- finishing your shopping um, as we speak. I'll probably be out there Thursday or Friday this week, Henry, finishing some shopping myself. Got a few things I got to grab. Got to fill the wife's stocking. She's not going to fill that herself. Uh, but just a quick reminder to uh, our listeners to hit that subscribe button for us. We appreciate you. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, whatever works best for you. Henry, you've been kind of... You've called this a little bit, right? You've been expecting a letdown game for the Patriots for a few weeks now. You know, the Patriots, they hadn't just won seven in a row. They had been covering the spread seven times in a row. So really, they had been performing like above expectation for seven weeks in a row. And it's just, that's hard to continue. So you could almost smell this one coming from a mile away, right? The Colts were hot. The Colts were at home. The Colts were coming off a bye week just like the Patriots were. You know, you could almost kind of smell this one coming, right? But what's your like lead takeaway from the Pats coming off this loss to the Colts? Yeah, I definitely patted myself on the back a little bit, both on Twitter and now I'm doing it again. And you, yeah, and you did put the money where your mouth is, right? On on Twitter, you predicted a Pats loss before the game. Their quote unquote two and four mentality. It really that kind of thought process it serves as a fuel, but at a certain point. You're nine and four. <laughs> I mean, they lost, but going into the game, they were nine and four. So, how can you realistically have a two and four mentality when your team is nine and four? That it just to me, it seemed unsustainable. And the Colts were a good team. All of their strengths played perfectly into beating the Patriots. It helped that the Patriots beat themselves in the process. Penalties, bad punt protection interceptions from Mac Jones, fumbles that not they didn't get they weren't lost fumbles but they were fumbles. I think it kind of added up to what I was expecting. Like w- one of these games the Patriots weren't going to be razor sharp and it just so happened to coincide with a team that they really actually needed to be particularly razor, razor sharp because while, while the Colts were they're not like one of the best teams in the AFC, I'd say. They're just a team that is like cussed to beating the Patriots. And that's because they're not, they're sort of atypical of the best teams in the league. The Patriots are built to beat a Chiefs team and they're not built to beat a Titans or Colts team. So that will be interesting, like looking toward the playoffs. But for a game like the Bills this weekend, you see a matchup that's back to being favorable for the Patriots. And we'll get into that matchup and how I kind of think it's going to go. But that was kind of my takeaway was this was sort of an, an anomalous 
loss and not totally because again Patriots could see the Colts and or the Titans in the playoffs and and so they'll need to be able to beat that kind of team run focused and then turnover focused defense um, but I, I don't I'm not totally lost in faith in this Patriots team I actually think they're, they're going to be just fine they're going to turn around and probably win the next three games yeah, I think that was my my takeaway coming in was, all right, at halftime, I was pretty discouraged, right? The way that game started, being down 14 nothing, giving up the block punt for a touchdown was ridiculous. So, I mean, the way that game kind of played out in the beginning, I was pretty discouraged. I, I wasn't feeling it. But by the end, after the game kind of played its way out, Henry, I, I kind of changed my tune a little bit. I, I still feel encouraged about the team. I think there's a lot to, to feel encouraged about despite a tough loss. And I think, you know, number one on the list, Mac Jones responded right he was awful for like two and a half quarters he was terrible uh and, and we've seen mac you know plenty this season like that thing could have easily gone south right and it felt like it was heading that way but he kind of rallied and the team responded behind him right going into that fourth quarter like that was that was good to see i think we we kind of needed to see that i thought the colts kind of came at you physically like a lot of big hits they were just they were flying around they were just more ready to go i think it was a that team was fired up they were ready to roll at home they were more desperate, right, being being further down in the standings. I just thought they were more ready to go at the jump. The Patriots got there. They didn't turtle. They kind of met the Colts physically. It just took a little bit longer to get into the game. By that point, you're you're playing from behind, and that, that style of the Colts just wears on you. And I never do this, Henry. You know, we've been doing this podcast for two years. I never talk about the officials. I don't think I've ever brought them up. But I, I also think, like, I look at – I think the Patriots got the worst of the officiating. Like, eight penalties for 50 yards, okay, but – the Colts only had two penalties for 13 yards. And like I said, they were flying around, hitting everything, reckless abandon, playing physically. There were some helmet-to-helmet shots, Henry, that weren't called. And like the Colts ran 39 run plays, and they weren't called for a holding call. They weren't called for anything. So that means they were perfect on 39 run plays, those physical in the trenches. They didn't commit one foul. There was nothing there to like de- derail one of those Colts drives. So I don't know. I, I just feel like the Patriots got the worst of the officiating, too. So... I think there's a lot of factors playing into this game that went against the Pats. A lot of it self-inflicted. I, I don't know. I just came I came out of this game kind of encouraged. More encouraged than discouraged about the team. How are you feeling about it? You rarely see a Bill Belichick team beat itself. And that's what they did for, like you said, two and a half quarters. A part of it was Mac Jones throwing two interceptions. Part of it was penalties. Multiple false starts. We saw a delay of game twice in the red zone. They committed a penalty. I think they were both false start penalties in the red zone. I think it was within five or 10 yards of the goal line. They were committing those false start penalties that moved them back. And they ultimately ruined drives. Um, And then the Colts are kicking a field goal and the Patriots commit a encroachment penalty when the Colts missed the field goal. So then the Colts get to kick it again and they hit it, a three-point penalty. And and those are kind of rare where a penalty is like directly linked to points. So yeah, pretty brutal showing whether it was Mac Jones, whether it was Isaiah Wynn, whether it was um, who else. I mean, it really goes, there's a lot of blame. I mean, Matt Judon had a lot of issues in run defense. As a guy, you don't usually you know, criticize. He's usually one of their best players. So sort of systemically problematic 
from top to bottom and you just don't you don't see games like that very often from the Patriots. I agree 100%. I just thought it was it was kind of a perfect storm getting down 14 nothing. Now Carson Wentz doesn't really have to his only job now Henry is to hand the ball off and sneak it on fourth and inches right for for Carson Wentz. They really didn't need him. Uh it just put the game right in the Colts favor. I, I can't see the Patriots falling behind 14 nothing um very often. But they did make a comeback. A lot to feel good about here the way that game ended. And there's a lot to get into in terms of aggression, right? Frank Reich was aggressive in certain situations. Bill Belichick was less aggressive, more conservative in certain situations, including a key decision to kick a field goal in that fourth quarter. Henry and I will get to that in our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week 16 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com. Let's go through some strong plays to help get you into the championship round. Quarterback Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals versus Baltimore Ravens. The last time these teams met was in week 7 in Baltimore, and Burrow exploded for 416 yards and a trio of touchdown strikes. However, he's coming off his worst showing in more than a month, and it's understandable gamers are a little bit nervous. He has a get-right game against a Ravens secondary that has been hampered by injuries and is even weaker than it was the last time they met. Look for another huge showing from the 2020 number one overall pick. Running back James Robinson, Jacksonville Jaguars at New York Jets. Another highly talented player who's been a little bit shaky over recent weeks. Robinson has a matchup that is elite. The Jaguars are committed to Robinson now that Urban Meyer isn't in the picture, and it should only get better in Week 16. Running backs have averaged the third most yards on the ground against this defense in 2021, and no team has given up more than 16 rushing touchdowns behind the 23 allowed by the Jets. There's a huge opportunity for a late-season surge from the second year back. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard versus Cleveland Browns. In Week 14, it was Lazard who functioned as the number two target for Aaron Rodgers. Last Sunday, it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, leaving the former Cyclone to finish the day with 20 three yards on two catches. He should have had a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Rodgers overshot him. On Christmas, Lazard might be in position to deliver a big game with MVS on the COVID list, although a speedy teammate could clear the protocol, so keep tabs on the situation. Lazard is an interesting risk-reward option thanks to the consistent double teams on Devontae Adams, just as long as Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't in the picture. Noah Fant, tight end, Denver Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Locke is likely to start for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos really can't get much worse in the passing game, but we like Fant to finish in the top five among his positional mates. Fant has posted 50-plus yards in consecutive games, and he has at least four catches and 50-plus yards in three of the last five. He hasn't scored since week six, but that came against this matchup. Play Fant if you don't have a clear option for more points, but the matchup is among the best of the week. Best of luck getting to the championship round, and have a Merry Christmas. For award-winning tips, news, information, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA todaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. I mean, I didn't feel great about converting fourth and goal from the seven. Um, had there been less time and, you know, it's situation, there's a point where you, you would go for it or I would go for it on fourth and goal to seven. Absolutely. Um, I didn't think in that game situation, that that would have been the best decision. I thought that would have, you know, passed up three points and 
and you know then it would have taken two touchdowns and you know you know at the end of the game being able to especially in a dome have a chance at a you know 50 plus yard field goal you know i think it's a lot better chance than than you know scoring a touchdown and having a, a six-point differential as opposed to a three-point differential relative to the chances of converting the fourth and seven. All right, it's time for our questions of the week. Three questions for Henry that he was not prepped on, uh, lightning round style. And here's question number one for you, Henry. Um, so on Thursday night football, Chargers-Chiefs, we saw Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers. He went forward on like every fourth down he could, right? I think it was like five times total. Most of those did not work out for him. The Chiefs ended up winning. Really would have helped the Patriots if the Chargers could have held on to that game. But uh, a couple days later, we see the Patriots and the Colts play. As we said earlier, Frank Reich going for these aggressive fourth downs, letting Carson Wentz sneak for it in his own territory late in that game. And Bill Belichick going for the field goal instead of the touchdown on fourth and goal from the seven. Okay, there's 8.57 left in the game. The Pats are down 13. Belichick opts to go down by 10 instead of rolling the dice and trying to get one score. You actually tweeted that. You felt Belichick was showing a lack of confidence in his offense and complete confidence in his defense, Henry, with that decision, right? So which style do you prefer? Do you prefer the more aggressive, more analytics-based approach like we saw the Chargers and the Colts do this week? Or do you, are you okay in certain situations with Belichick's more old-school, safe, defensive-minded approach? So my take on this is that Belichick's not necessarily old school. He might just be taking a specific analytical set that isn't popular analytics. And what I mean by that is rather than taking the analytics that reflect league-wide trends, Belichick might be looking at the analytics for his team. And if you think of it in those terms, it helps explain why he decided to go with the field goal. I've tossed and turned on whether the field goal was the right call, and I'm leaning more toward the field goal being the right decision in this case. But here's why, and Belichick explained it, here's why the field goal makes more sense for the Patriots, even if for the Chargers, for the Bills, for the Colts, the touchdown attempt makes more sense. The Patriots are built with a rookie quarterback who so far has struggled enormously on got-to-have-it situations of seven yards or more. The Patriots have basically not gotten themselves into those situations. Well, first of all, they've never run a fourth and seven to fourth and nine conversion. I was looking at the stats. At, At no point this year have they ever gone for it on anywhere between fourth and seven and fourth and nine. So there's no, there's no body of work for that, in part because I think they know that they wouldn't succeed. On third and seven to third and nine, similar got to have in situations, not like do or die, but, but obviously if you don't get it, you're either kicking a field goal or you're punting. Matt Jones is averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. In other words, he's not getting a first down, no matter whether it's seven, eight, or nine yards in that got to have it situation. So if you think of it in those terms, you understand why Belichick doesn't want to go for it because on average, the Patriots do not get the first down, at least this season under Mac Jones. So if you kind of think of it in those simple terms, you're like, okay, we're already hesitant to go for it because we don't have a very high percentage chance of getting it. 
something worse could happen because Mac Jones in high pressure situations hasn't looked amazing. He kind of tends to make mistakes. And then on the flip side, you can come away with three points because Nick Folk is automatic from where they were. And then you give it to your defense, which at the time was starting to look like it had turned a corner in creating stops. So Belichick explained, okay, I think I've got, you know, a few possessions left to make this happen. I've got enough possessions where I can take the field goal. And if I get the points, I can kick a field goal again later. It's only a two possession game. Uh, So I think that sense of like tailored analytics, not like league wide trends, making decisions based on your specific team. I like, I like the way that Belichick does it. There was nine minutes left. The Patriots had timeouts. Uh, Their defense was kind of perking up at the time. You know, you can defend Belichick for this one. Uh, but it would be nice to see them be a little bit more aggressive on offense here and there, Bill. You know, that's something to think about. <laughs> there should be more aggressive decision making. That one decision, I'm not so sure. But yeah, agree. They, they need. I mean, they're the second least fourth down attempts in the NFL. They've yeah. only gone for 11 all season. Yeah, maybe turn the dial up a little bit on that, right? Just like maybe get into like the 20s. Okay. Question number two: The Patriots can essentially win the division with a win over the Bills this week, right, Henry? Uh, you know, not official, but it's essentially it's essentially over. But if the Bills win the game, they will take over control of their own destiny for the division title. And if they win against the Patriots, they'll be heavily favored to win the division. And now we're looking at going on the road in that first round of the playoffs. So should we still fear the Bills, Henry, this year? Or do you think the Patriots win in Buffalo exposed too many flaws in that team's game that you're not really worried about this weekend in Foxborough? What do you think about that? So I was way too long on the last one. I'll be brief on this one. <laughs> no problem. I think the, the answer is no, I'm not worried. I think the last two weeks have both been sort of like weird and not necessarily representative of what this team is. I think the Patriots reset. They go back to what they do best. Their defense first mentality, they're efficient and like ball control offense. They go on a three-game win streak and they head into the playoffs. I think they'll probably be the number two seed behind the Chiefs. So they'll be at home until potentially the AFC Championship game if they can get there and if the Chiefs get there, which I think they will. Well, as you know, Henry, I am terrified of the Bills. I keep We keep talking about it before we record, uh, and I'm very worried about this weekend's game. But we'll get into that here coming up in our next segment. Question number three. Buy or sell, Henry, that the Colts left the Bills a blueprint to beat the Patriots this week. Do you think the Colts left a blueprint for the Bills and other teams to knock off the Patriots? What do you think? I'm selling hard on that one. The Colts have the best offensive line in the league. You're not going to like the Titans are basically the only team in the AFC. And maybe the 49ers are the only team in the NFC who can replicate that offensive playing style. And so, you know, I don't think anyone else really is going to be able to do it. And similarly, on the other side of the ball, Colts are one of the best turnover teams in the league. I don't know that many defenses are going to be able to do it. So, you know, I was really hammering how much of a matchup specific game that one was. And I think that's why this isn't too worrisome unless the Colts have the Patriots in the playoffs. And then, and then you got, you should be a little concerned, Um, but but if the Patriots clean it up, I think they can beat the Colts. I think they can beat the Titans, those two teams that that can actually create this blueprint. Yeah, it was the Bills defensive lineman Harrison Phillips who said that, you know, the he and a lot of his teammates were watching that Patriots-Colts game on Saturday night and 
You know, it's as simple as you got to get a got to get a lead, Henry, and then you could just you know, make the Patriots one dimensional and play the game on your terms. But you know, I, I think my my note to the Bills would be like, I don't think you could run the ball like the Colts did in that game. I don't know 100%. if you have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have yeah. the uh, the personnel uh, to do what the Colts did to the Patriots, and that's what makes this weekend's matchup kind of interesting, as Henry said. The Patriots are a bad matchup for the Bills. I agree with that 100%, but I'm still terrified um, of this game, and, and I'm, I'm actually not sure the Patriots are going to win, and we'll get into that right after this. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Dallas Cowboys favored 9.5 points and the total sitting at 47.5. I'm on the under 47.5 here. This is a pros versus Joes game as more money has been on the under, but more bets have been placed on the over. Typically in sports betting, it's wise to follow the money, especially when it's counter to the public. Also, Cowboys offense has regressed. They've hit the under in seven of the last eight games. And Washington's offense just isn't that good. They've hit under in seven of the last nine games. Nate, how are you betting this Washington-Dallas game? I'm rolling with Dallas by 10 or more. Washington is still banged up, has players on the COVID list, and has the league's second-worst third-down conversion rate for opponents. With Dallas tied at 11-3 and for the best covering teams in the league, I'd rather bet against them than for them. Also, they started up 24-0 in these two teams' first matchup. Give me Dallas by 10. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Henry, I'm looking at the uh, the line on Typico early this week, at least. It, it might change, but the Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bills at home in this one. That is the same. I think that's the same line that the Bills were favored by. It just has flipped. So going from home to home, the, the line has flipped. I liked the Bills the first time, and I thought the Patriots would win this one, but for some reason, I, I feel like flipping, Henry. I, I feel like taking the Bills uh, just because, as you've been kind of saying, I don't think we learned much the first game just because of the conditions and what we were looking at. And I'm also kind of terrified that Kendrick Bourne is on the COVID list and might be out for this game. We got Nelson Aguilar and Nikhil Harry in concussion protocol. And I can't help it. This might be this might be a flaw in just in my personality, Henry, but I have a man crush on Josh Allen. I just think he's I think he's good. I think he's awesome. And I think the Bills have an advantage at quarterback. And I'm just not convinced that it's going to be a 14 to 10 game. I just feel like, you know, at some point you're going to have to score. And I think the Bills, they might be better equipped to score than the Patriots. They just they just scare the crap out of me. I, I just I know they've got their flaws. I'm not convinced they're dead in the water yet, though. Uh, so can you e- like ease my worries? For some reason, I'm really worried the Bills are going to come in here and beat us this weekend. But w- you know, tell me why I'm wrong, because you're, you're on the pats heavily, even with the problems at wide receiver. Yeah, so the problems at wide receiver are worth consideration. Jacoby Myers might be their only receiver who can catch a football because Gunnar Olszewski can catch punts, but he can't really catch quarterback passes. <laughs> and Christian Wilkerson, who's a practice squad receiver who will probably be active if 
Nelson Aguilar is out with a concussion. Nikhil Harry is out with a concussion. Kendrick Bourne is out on the COVID reserve list. If those three receivers can't go, Christian Wilkerson gets promoted. Probably has a massive role, honestly. <laughs> Training camp but star, like, Wilkerson. Yeah, yeah. Well, so was Gunnar Olszewski, but he's not been any good. Um, but Wilkerson's kind of like a jet sweep player. Like we don't see him run many downfield routes. Trey Nixon is the is the final and only other potential player they could have, and he was a seventh round pick. He's not played in an NFL regular season game, um, so uh, hard to expect anything of him. Um, so that's legit. And the good news is the Patriots have two tight ends who can catch the ball, and they have at least two running backs who can catch the ball. And that's so. Then you got Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, um, Damian. No, oh, sorry, uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden. And then ha- Damian Harris missed last week with a hamstring injury. Maybe he'll be healthy this week. That's all to say. I think the Patriots aren't really built to like desperately need their receivers. Um, it definitely they've lost a lot. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is, is a very good possession receiver. Nelson Aguilar has his role, which will be hard to replace if he's gone. And Nikhil Harry's kind of whatever. I mean, he, he made a great play, but I don't think he's like an important player to their game plan. Um, so I, I, it all adds up to definitely net loss for the Patriots, obviously. Here's the thing, though. The Bills have, you know, the first and second best defense, um, depending on whether you're measuring with yards or points. The one thing that they are kind of weak at is uh, defending the run. And one thing I guess that should concern the Patriots a little is the Colts have that same um, weakness, right? And the Colts figured out, you know, how to limit the Patriots a little bit. Um, but again, the Patriots were in Indy against a fired up Indianapolis team and they were making nonstop mistakes. This game is in new England where the Patriots are going to be getting yelled at all freaking week about how idiotic they were. That's true. And they are going to be sharp as ever. So you give a sharp Patriots team, maybe with Damian Harris back ready to run the football right at the bill's throat. And then Mac Jones gets to play off the play action. And then you flip to the other side of the ball. You got Josh Allen throwing into the teeth of the defense, unlike the Colts, who decided they were going to run on the Patriots, which is the Patriots' weakness. The Bills cannot run the football. And they, they won't. They just don't. They won't. They're going to they go. Won't. They're going to throw. They, yeah. They live and die by Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is going to make some mistakes. Well, perhaps an interception from. J.C. Jackson, perhaps an interception from um, Devin McCourty. I don't know. It could be, could be anyone. But I think we'll see that kind of game where the Patriots, I could even see them scoring 28 points and the Bills score 24 because Josh Allen turned over the ball two times. Um, and, and, and Mac Jones is going to be smarter than ever and not turn over the ball at all. So ultimately – I think the Patriots win the turnover battle and win this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Josh Allen, he he could definitely throw you a couple. 
he could definitely throw you a couple. Like if he throws one JC Jackson's way and it's off, you know, offline to Stefan Diggs or something, I, I could easily see the Pats picking him off. Uh, you know, what, the uh, the schematics of this game, right? The game plans on each side will be interesting because in that first meeting, played in the uh, the tornado up at Old Orchard Park, Western New York, uh, Henry, like the Patriots, they played most of the game with that jumbo formation, right? With uh, with the extra offensive lineman in a tight end, and the Bills just decided they weren't going to match it, right? They just stayed in their their normal defense. A lot of times they just stayed in their nickel defense. They're just like, eh, no, we're fine. You know, we're fine. We're, we're going to do what we do. It was a terrible game plan. The Patriots just ran it, obviously ran it right down their throats, barely threw it with Mac Jones. So are they going to try to do that again, right? Like, especially if they're limited at wide receiver, is Belichick just going to be like, let's play the, let's play the who's heavier game, right? We're going to put our heavy personnel out there, and if the Bills refuse to match it, Maybe he just continues that same game plan at early in the, or at least early in the first half, right? To to see how it's going and feel the game out. Now I know we're going to see Mac Jones throw it more than three times, but if they're limit, if they're down on the depth chart at receiver, the Patriots, and the Bills kind of continue to refuse to match the Patriots personnel for whatever reason, maybe they don't have the the weight or the size on defense to do it, or they don't trust those players, or they just want to stay in their base defense. I have no idea, but I'm interested to see if the Patriots want to continue that thing, right? Like. It worked in the first game, and I know the conditions will be more normal this time, but maybe the Patriots just continue to roll that thing out and see if the Bills want to match it this time. I th- Yeah, I can see them running the ball 30 times and throwing it 15 if they're having success running the ball. Yeah. I don't think they'll have as much success, or or actually they'll probably have the same level because they weren't – I think they rushed for like 4.2 yards per carry. That's not that great of a game. It's just that they didn't have to do anything but run for 4.2 yards per carry because the Bills forgot that they were in a tornado and <laughs> kept trying to throw the ball, and uh, it just led to mistakes. So the Patriots were under no pressure to score once they built a lead. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they, they probably run like, I don't know, 30-plus 30, 30 times, and then Mac Jones attacks the – defense in play action often in that jumble look you know you if, if you don't have your receivers you put Jacoby Myers on the field great third down conversion receiver you put Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith on the field you know Hunter Henry is going to help Mac Jones attack the intermediate part of the field which they lose from Kendrick Bourne Johnny Smith's going to help them diversify their screen game and which is their strongest part of their passing offense so they don't lose their identity completely, especially if they don't need to throw the ball as much. So I think you're on to something there where um, if they can, they're going to run as much as, as they can. And they're not too proud to be like, you know what, Mac, we love you, but you're going to have to you're going to have to watch a lot. You're going to have to hand off a lot again. And when you do get your moment to throw we're going to trust you to make a big play, even if it's just a big screen play, or even it's just a, you know, a nice ball to Hunter Henry in the corner of the end zone kind of thing. All right. So I would, I just see this game being super close for a lot of reasons, Henry, and the bills are getting two and a half points. I would lean to take the points in the bills. Are you taking the Pats to cover two and a half? Yeah. Okay. Give me the Pats covering two and a half. I feel pretty good about that. I think they're going to win by three, four, Maybe even seven points, to be honest. Okay, but I think we're going to be in agreement on the total because of your commentary earlier when you threw a score out there. Now, in the first meeting, I picked the over. I think the the total was around in the in the mid to low forties. Last time, Henry, we 
I picked the over in the, on the show, and then the weather went south, and I had buddies texting me saying, "Hey, I listened to your prediction. I can't wait to fade you and bet the under <laughs> this weekend." So, yeah, uh, so, well, that was smart. Yeah, yeah, that was smart. And I we had to, didn't know it was going to be yeah, a tornado when we I, recorded I, the podcast. I had to apologize to a couple people and, and root for their bets. Um, but so now the total is at forty three and a half for for this game in Foxborough in normal conditions. And I'm going to go back right. to my original take. I, I think I think I want to go with the over. I think Mac's actually going to throw the ball a little bit more. I think the Bills are going to come out firing. And they might make some mistakes, but they're going to make less mistakes in the passing game than they did the first time. It's going to be a little bit better conditions to throw. And, and they're built to do that, and they're good at it. And they're going to come out gunning. And uh, so I think they're going to score some points. I think the Patriots are going to have to match them. You had to score like 28-24, Henry. I'm with you on that. I think... Over 43 and a half. I'm going to go back to my original take and, and stick with it for round two. You with me on that? Yeah, the Patriots and the Colts scored 44 points last week. I think both teams have a very similar game plan, but the Patriots execute better and the Bills throw the ball more. And those two things, to me, speak to similar points, maybe more. So, yeah, I, I say over. If I'm a better, I'm not hugely confident about betting the over because I feel pretty good about betting the Patriots to win. And maybe I have too much hubris because I've been on a hot streak picking the wins and losses over the last few weeks. You have. Congratulations. Um, yeah, but maybe that could lead to a bit of a, a downfall here. But um, I do have confidence in the Patriots for a win and covering that spread. I am a little worried about the Patriots covering the over in part because these are the two best defenses in the NFL. So... You kind of have to keep, well, you definitely have to keep that in mind as you bet that. And so I would, I would, I mean, if I were betting, I would probably avoid that in particular. But if you're, if you're really feeling like you want to make two kinds of bets and those are the the bets you want to make, then I, I, I'd go over. All right, Henry, I hope you have a great holiday weekend. You want to say, uh, you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, everybody have a great holiday. Don't, uh. Don't spend too much time watching football. Make sure you hang with your family. It's hard these days. There's football on every freaking day. Every freaking yeah, day. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's, it's insane. So, yeah, we appreciate it. Thursday through Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. My wife's going to kill me. Uh, so, yeah, so we appreciate you all. Hit subscribe for us if you haven't already. We will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.